Hi guys, welcome to The Girl Unplugged and thank you for tuning in today. If this is your first time here, thank you for stopping by. I hope today's conversations will be a valuable one for you. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Good to have you again. I appreciate you. So today is part two of the unlearning series. Yes, we are starting off from where we stopped after unlearning with Ola PC and today we sit with the guest Mattel Gray who brings a twist to the conversation with respect to some norms and traditions he has come to unlearn. It's an interesting one and we should get right into unlearning with Mattel Gray. Hi Mattel, welcome to the Girl Unplugged podcast. Morning. Morning. Happy to be here. Thank you for accepting our request. Hmm? My fear was whether you would want to come because of the name, the girl unplugged, Iatago, with your deep voice and everything. Yeah, but um, the name is not an exclusion. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. I only brought my sketch, but... <laughs> no. That's so funny. <laughs> so, can you tell us a little about you and what you do? Um, Mattel, Mattel Gray, and I'm a photographer. I'm a business person. I do. Uh, I run a tech company. We deal with imaging, photography, videos, graphic designs. Also, run an agro business too. So, that's what I do. I'm a Nigerian. Proudly. Alambra, Igbo man, but it is. Proudly Igbo. <laughs> Call me Igbo. Call me Igbo. <laughs> I like the fact that you said you are Nigerian and you are Igbo. And for me, those two things, these days, there's a thin line between both because it's as if if you are Igbo, it's uh, difficult to want to be a Nigerian, you know, with the whole be a friend thing and everything. So it, it's good. It's good to know that you are you are Nigerian and you are Igbo. Welcome once again. It's it's finally good to have you here. You are one person that I know that I have like honest and mindful conversations with, and that is such a gift, especially in this world where. You know, when you have relationship with someone of the opposite sex, is always is always an almost intimate. Like people expect that, you know, it should always be an intimate relationship. And I think my relationship with you has taught me that true friendship stands the test of time. We've long distanced this friendship for the most part of our relationship. <laughs> Like it is looking like a marathon now. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about unlearning and um we would like to know what unlearning mean for you. What does it mean for you? Unlearning for me is um it's a lot. Hmm. It's a lot being that um I grew up uh with a particular culture like Earlier, you would have heard me mention that Nigeria and Igbo. Yeah. The two part of the uh, identity is heavily cultured. We have a lot of things that are norms for us. Mm. There are things that, whether it's working or it's not working, we just stick to it. And 
growing up has taught me that some things are meant to just be some things, whether we understood it or not. Hmm. And at a point in my life, I finally found out, well, this, I had to question those things and find out why are they there. And that was how I found out that hmm, some things I know should be unlearned. And for me, unlearning is not a dictionary thing. It's not a dictionary meaning. It's not. It's just something that you find for yourself that mm. this thing is no longer working. Why is it not working? What should be working? Uh, and even when, uh, when you see that uh, what you're doing has to be uh, not acceptable generally, you still have to do it. Mm. Like what this guy thing that said that uh, the, oppo- the opposite of um, Bravery is not cowardice, but uh, conformity. Mm. And our culture teaches us to conform. We do a lot of things that are not generally right, but we just do it because oh, it's how it's done. Mm. In my language, it will be said to be okay, same, yeah. Okay, same, uh, so yeah. That's, that's really that's really interesting. You said online is something that you find for yourself, and how. Um, the opposite of bravery is not cowardice, but conformity, you see. And for me, it, it, it's it's kind of, you know, it makes me understand how having the courage to let go of things that no longer serve you is like necessary. Like you, re- you need that courage. It, it doesn't come easy. So whether they are beliefs, norms, traditions, or even habits, you know, there was a guest I had on the show that was saying that unlearning can be as simple as changing the way you prepare a particular meal because you have found that, you know, it's better to cook it this way than the way you know how to cook it. And that spoke to me in a different way because I know that growing up as a, as a child, when your mom is cooking and your mom will be teaching you do it this way, then you go into the world, in quotes, <laughs> maybe for youth service, then you meet other people and you see that the way they cook obono is totally different or the way they cook jellofra is totally different. And you know the funny We always have that discussion and you will find people resenting other methods. They'll be like, you don't know how to cook. Just because... The way that person is cooking it is not the way their mom has taught them. This, this is where the problem is. Uh, if you if you can't walk yourself to that point where you are open to other people's perspective and the way other people do uh, other people do their own things. Mm. And um, let me use the example you're using now about food. There's a story about the woman who nearly got married and. Every time she wants to cook, she cuts off the head of the fish, the tail of the fish, puts it in a frying pan and fry it. So the husband asks her, why do you do this? Mm. Said, that's how it's done. I said, who does it? He said, that's how my mom does it. So, so let's call the mom and find out why she does it. So they call the mom. And the mom says, mm, that's how my mother used to do it. So, and luckily, the mother's mom, as the grandmom, is still alive. So they yes. call the grandmom. The mom says, oh, when we got married, we had a very small frying pan and we used to use it. And because the whole fish will not fit in, so I cut it off. And oh. that's how it becomes a generational tradition. And that's the problem. Most of the traditions we hold on to are just practically nothing. Then we are fighting people over so it. Hold, of 
Yes. Even other people's opinion and saying, is it better than our own? And embrace it. Because why we are here is just to get better at everything, mm. not more. Mm. 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 So, in essence, unlearning may not be total overhaul, like throwing away everything, but improvising and tweaking it in a way that it becomes better. That's okay. some good stuff That's there. Okay. But do you think that um, before you unlearn, that learning should precede unlearning first? Do you think it's supposed to follow a particular order? So maybe before you unlearn, you have to learn something new to unlearn. Or do you unlearn and then take in something new? Like, do you think there is a process to it? I think there are both ways. Hmm. You can learn something. If you don't learn something, there's nothing to unlearn. That's one. Okay. Two, you can also be unlearning something while you're learning something. Wow. Um, being, being a business person has taught me a lot. We learn on the job. We are unlearning while we are even learning that learning there <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> yes. So sometimes you, you have to be able to adapt constantly. You're with a customer. Okay, let me give you an example. I was with... Uh, a woman who is beheading agrotech and she was doing something and I walked in, I'm a media guy. What she's doing is totally new to me. Yeah. And then I'm I'm learning what she's about, on learning my own ideas about agriculture and learning how to approach her. And then she keeps coming at me left, right and center. And at the end of the day the conversation ended well. And we did the job everything went well. So, I can't really see if it was about learning before unlearning. That means I will come, talk to her, go home, come back again. <laughs> you see? Yes. But in business, you have to do it there on the spot. In fact, business has been a blessing for me. Hmm. It's been one of the things that pushed me towards unlearning. Because if you stick with what you know, uh, you're just, everything is just going to turn upside down. Hmm. Let's leave that up because if I go on about it, I won't even go about the COVID era and what we have had to unlearn. Exactly. The if there's anything that has taught us about unlearning, is this COVID period. Because this year, I mean, most people have not even hustled the way they've hustled before in the former years, but they are getting some results that they wouldn't have gotten normally in the past years if they were hustling. You know, so I think that this this year is is like a year of unlearning also. So what are things you've come to learn in your life journey? One of it is um, social cultural, but it's not immediate. Mm. I've sworn that none of my daughters will be paid. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Why? Why is that? Uh, it's practical logic. No, no, we it's need to check of, your ebonness. Uh, we need to check your ebonness. <laughs> Honestly, we need to test you. You're not alright. It's just a thing that is not working. It doesn't make sense. I don't see the reason why you should continue. I met someone who was talking about it and how she doesn't want her bride price to be paid. Yeah. The first place it didn't make sense. It was the biggest shock of my life. Then I sat down and I started thinking about it. These two people want to start a family. And you are saying for them to do it, you have to bring so-so and so thing. And this is so and so thing. Okay. 
And after thinking about that, you're about to start a family and then these people are requesting money. What would they start the family with? Even if they had money, it's meant to be your responsibility that people who have been married to understand their own journey because they're about to start the journey. But you just want to put them the process, not necessarily because we need it, but because we just feel it should be done. Yeah. So that in itself is a challenge for me. Let's not even talk about the concept of owning that is behind it. Hmm. The fact that something is done on your head. One day I said, something has been done on my head. <laughs> so, because <laughs> doing something on your head and giving someone a right of ownership. Hmm. There's ownership. Yes, that's the concept of marriage, but not in the paid version of it. And if you really calculate being Igbo, if you read Chinua at a day and if you talk to some old people in the, in the Igbo land, you'll find out that our bride price was not like this. Mm. It wasn't what it is now. Mm. The bride price system was the family of the guy coming to help him get a girl. And the family of the girl saying, okay, this is our daughter, take care of her. Mm. That's just it. Mm. But right now, we have turned it around. After the people's club era, we have someone came and tried to show us the money they had. Now, we now form a list. So before you get married, they will now give you one long list yeah. for you to do. Just, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, you, that you, you are making a point there. And from my own perspective, I think that, you know, norms and traditions come up because people perceive a certain concept in a particular way. Like for me, I've always seen the bride prize as a way of trying to pass a message to whoever that is coming to marry your daughter that, hey, we value this this human being that you want to take away from us. And you know, from as Africans and as Nigerians, we have this thinking that what did not um, suffer you to get, you won't keep it well, you won't value it. So I think all of that thoughts came into <laughs> coming up with the bride price thing to make you that is coming feel like, see, this is valuable to us and it will cost you something. It's not just going to be like you just walk in and take our, you know, you get what I'm trying to say. You know, you know that, thing you, that thing you said now about what did not cost you something. I think that year, 70% of the problem of Africa. Mm. We don't understand what we value. We don't understand what we value. And everything that we want to have, we try to put so much pain and suffering behind it. You have to hustle, you have to do this, you have to do that. And in the real sense, we take it that way, we suffer more. It's weird, there's more value. Mm. And it's not true. You see a lot of people running around daily trying to suffer so that they prove that they are doing something. That, and, that, and is some, that is some unlearning oh. happening right there because it, it's, it's also, it also proves that you don't have to suffer so much to get something of value. Yes, at all, at all. In fact, to me, in, in the marriage con, con, uh, context of it, if, what, if we removed all this and put up another system of check and balance around the man coming to marry the woman, we will properly know if the man is truly Qualified to marry our daughter, like emotionally, like can he really lead this girl? Can yes. this girl submit to this? But most of the time, we place it on money. Mm. But when a man can come and send that money and take the girl home, sometimes men who some men who have money cannot lead the woman. Because what being a man has to do is more about leadership than about money. Mm. And most of the time, when you have leadership, money must follow you. 
Exactly. We are now confusing money for leadership. So anybody that comes and presents money, you think the person is a man. That's that is right that oh, is right that is right and and now you're saying this it just comes to bear that i think we need to have that conscious you know conversations like that consciousness of trying to question things like okay say mia have we tried to like ask ourselves okay okay say mia how has it worked for us in this past few years, what are the benefits and how is it are working for us now? Is it more? Because we see that the rate of abuse also comes from that fact that a man thinks that he has spent so much on this woman marrying her that he, anything that he does to the woman is acceptable because after all, I spent two okay. million on, on, on Isigi, you know, I spent two million on your head to, to, to get you. If you look at it true, true, you see that it looks as if you're going to buy something. And once you, once you purchase that something, you begin to feel like because you purchased it, it is now your thing. And whatever you decide to do with it, nobody can even come and put their mouth and say, don't do this, don't do this, because it's your own. Oh, the second one is uh, so cultural. Uh, you know that thing they say that uh, uh, elders are never wrong. <laughs> That's where our problem are. That's the, the crown of our problems. Mm. The fact that our elders, because we never tell them they are wrong, and because they are never wrong, we continue in the path of the wrongs that they have done because our elders are never wrong. Mm. And that makes us adapt very little. Mm. Our system of adaptation is low. We don't check, okay, this, what, this is wrong. How do we approach it? And the elder, because he is never wrong too, has an immunity to continue to do wrong things mm. and not be questioned about doing it. Mm. And the more we grow with that, I think it, it, just, it makes us backward as a people. We don't check what is of value to us now. Mm. What should we be doing now? So these things are the things that if we address, I believe is going to move us as the people, more forward. Yeah. Instead of, uh, instead of holding on to things like that, we try to find um, what are we doing wrong and be more open to people telling us that we are wrong. It just mm. is not always wrong. Mm. Mm. Someone telling you this way you're doing this thing. And sometimes we should be open to listen to criticism and know is this person really right? As much as most of the people who criticize us are coming from a place of hate. But even the person coming from a place of hate, if you listen well, you can also build something from whatever the person is going to tell you. So. Yeah, I, I think this has influenced us across generations. Because, you know, that's, like you said, that, thing, that thinking that a, an elder is never wrong. And even when you are the younger person and you know that this person is not getting it you don't even have that you can't confront the person to ask them or to tell them hey this one is wrong you know and it is passed down because eventually i think this goes both ways because at the end of the day what it does is that it builds in the younger person not just timidity but also the person is not able to 
receive criticism well and receive oh. correction well because nobody has taught you how to you know what i am wrong i am sorry you know what i think you're right you see you don't even know when the truth is being told to you how to accept it because we know that sometimes or most of the times the truth is always bitter and accepting the truth can be a very very difficult oh. thing so who teaches you now how to be in that phase of accepting the truth, accepting constructive criticism, accepting correction? Because the only correction we, all, we, we got growing up was the, the, the cane, the rod. Nobody taught you to sit down and have a discussion and say, you did this, this is wrong. And not just telling me that this is wrong, this is why it is wrong. So even if you eventually get to bring the rod for correction, I know that this is why I am being punished. And it also helps me accept the rod as a loving discipline and not just as you're wicked, you're, you hate me. Yes, you know. So we also grow up with that attitude. Our younger ones cannot tell us we are wrong. Our counterparts cannot tell us we are wrong. Our friends cannot tell us we are wrong because we, ha we are coming from a background where to tell somebody that they are wrong is almost sacrilege. It is only an elder person that can tell you you are wrong and you, can, you suck it up because you don't have a choice. You can't talk back to the person and say, but I'm not wrong. I did it because of this. You know, uh, like what you were saying about 2020 being the unlearning year. Yeah. You have learned that being worthy is having time for yourself. Yeah. You have learned that being worthy is being able to afford the things you want, being healthy, looking good, being comfortable in your own skin, living the kind of life that you want. Wealth, riches, lifestyle has constructively changed so much so that 2021 is going to be like we moved into a new world. Mm. So the unlearning thing is something that if we do not, if people do not um, try to unlearn, to relearn, hmm, living in 2021 is going to be a problem. Mm. But living in 2030 is going to be worse. Anybody mm. who does not unlearn, because the, 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 the challenge is that every year, like I believe that from 2021, there will be a ton of changes going on and worst part of it is that we're having avenues of making money living life creating value that does not require so much stress so much effort mm. as we know yeah and if you're stuck with the idea of that the pto i don't know how it's going to go but i would my advice would be for anybody who has any ideology to portion it now Hmm. It is on a scale, way honestly, not with personal bias, not exactly. about uh, exactly where you, where you think you're coming from. But let your core be your core, yes. But weigh every other thing, even your core, weigh it too. Exactly. So you're, that you're not making something that is not strong with your core, and anything that comes around comes to blow it up. So question it. Yes. You have. <laughs> Yeah, questioning what you know. That's the more reason why you should even question it in the first place. So yeah. unlearn, learn new things, and be open, yeah. as you said. Because I believe if you're open, unlearning is way more easier. 
not because the process is going to be easy, but because inside your mind, you've accepted that you're going to learn. So even when it's tough, you still do it anyway. Mm. And I think easy is the choice to be able to do something, whether it's tough or easy. Yes. That's where it is. I think on this note, it's safe to conclude this because you've already <laughs> concluded it. So yeah, it's, it's important in this time and age that we we begin to question the things we've believed for a very long time, weigh it on the balance and ask ourselves, is this really it? If it is, fine. If it is not, we should have the courage to let it go and take in other new sound knowledge, you know. Thank you so much for today. Thank you. It's so good to have this conversation with you. Thank you for your interesting insights. Thank you very much. We hope um, to, we hope to have you again. <laughs> it was a lovely discussion. Thank you. Yes. So, um, where can people connect with you? Okay. Um, on Facebook, I'm Martel Gray. Yeah. And on Twitter, Martel Gray too. Mm. And Instagram. Not really active as a person, but as a business, Matter Grace Studios. And if it's meant to be a conversation, just leave me a message and take it from there. Yeah. As a business person, I do photography. I can go anywhere and do my work, so long as there's something interesting. You give me a ticket to hell and tell me, ah, I'm going to snap the devil and come back. I come back home. <laughs> that's the evil. That's the evil money you're talking now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the Igbo money you talking. Yeah, it's only an Igbo man that has the the guts to want to go to hell and snap the devil and come back just to get paid. Uh, we'll have to get paid now. We'll have, oh. to get paid. We'll have to get paid. Thank you so much for your time. Bye. Thank you. Bye. That's it, guys. On on learning with Mattel. Ray. And I hope you guys heard what he said. And I quote, the opposite of bravery is not cowardice. It is conformity. I hope you get the courage to let go of things that no longer serve you and learn the things that empower you and make you a better person. That's it guys on this episode. I hope you learned a thing or two. Um, connect with me on Instagram at the girl on blog or send me an email to retouchquickie at gmail.com. I will be looking forward to hear from you. Also, links will be on the show notes. Connect with Martel Gray. And yeah, hit the subscribe button to listen to more amazing stuff. And until the next episode, be you till full. Bye, guys. <laughs>